0: your nutrition, um, your mindset, um, spiritual, same thing. What are the thoughts that you're thinking? What are your belief systems? Things like that. Where do we, um, on a day-to-day basis, um, what are the things that we're thinking about that is creating our future? Because our thoughts, I believe that our thoughts are energy and our our thoughts create our future. So if you're thinking, If I work with a client and they have all this negative self-talk going on, then it's going to deter them from reaching their goals because they're just going to self-sabotage. So as a wellness coach, um, it's really learning to decipher, you know, figure out what people's goals are, and then coming up with a plan to help them achieve those goals. And it's kind of a roundabout answer, but it's very broad, Hmm. but as human beings, we're complex. So there's a lot of layers to kind of peel back to create a program, or to to get to the root of behaviors and think why we do what we do, right?
1: So you're kind of a like a guide. Is that is that the kind of
0: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay, that's a good way to put it. And so a guide of you know discovering what makes people tick, what their limiting beliefs are, and why are like if someone is out of shape. And overweight, and isn't exercising. What are the, what are their limiting beliefs, or what are their thought patterns that are creating that lifestyle, versus someone who always works out, always has motivation, and you know what I mean, and achieves their goals? So, what are those two things? You know, what's the missing piece, and how can I help them?
1: And so, what what made you want to or go into this, becoming a wellness coach?
0: Well. I was a competitive gymnast growing up, so I've always been very disciplined, and I just love exercise. I love moving my body, and um, my story has many layers like everyone's, and um, I competed for many, many years in gymnastics. was was um, quite successful, and went to college, studied theater and dance, and actually, I um, was told I was too fat for our program I wasn't fat, but it it, it created some really interesting limiting beliefs for Mm -hmm. me as a young adult and left dance, changed my major. And then into my, yeah, mid twenties, um, I'm being completely transparent here, but into my mid twenties, I was working in a job in New York city and I just really didn't like it and um, started doing some soul searching and then realized that I really wanted to help people And I wanted to, because I had kind of overcome, I got returned back to exercise and things like that, started taking care of myself. And I wanted to teach people the skills that I had gained by that little, you know, pitfall, Mm -hmm. you know, by the, by the, the information I was given hurt me and I didn't have the skills to actually overcome it. So I let it bring me down for many years and then I rose above it. So that was initially, like, I wanted to help people, and I really love fitness, I really love exercising, and I find that when we are working out, it changes something, whether it's the, the serotonin in our brain, when we're exercising, it has a chemical effect on our brains and on our on our mindsets, and so those two things link closely to my passion in helping people, you know, because I understand what it's like to get knocked down, you know, understand what it's like to not feel good about yourself so that's mm-hmm. my drive force and it's been a continuation of I went back to school got my degree in exercise physiology and then have just added on yoga and Pilates and then nutrition Thai massage you know and I'm getting my doctorate now in metaphysical sciences so it's been this continual growth and evolution you know, of myself and of my career
1: it sounds awesome uh, but what yeah. I was wondering so uh, like I love yoga I really do like it I, I did hot yoga for like 12 weeks it was like 3 4 times a week and, fantastic and I, I loved it And but I I don't understand the difference between yoga and Pilates like is there are they aren't they the same kind of thing no they're not
0: well yoga is a 6,000 year old practice mm-hmm. that uh, there's What we do typically here in the West is we do the asanas, which is only one limb of the yoga practice. There are actually eight limbs. And so the asana, which is what we've now converted into a form of exercise, Mm -hmm. was really created so that these, you know, rishis could move their bodies, prepare their bodies to then sit in meditation for hours and hours. That's what the postures were originally created for, to help heal the body so then you could sit and commune with your God. Um, but we've taken it into and turned it into this form of exercise, which is fabulous because it, it's wonderful for the body and there's so many Healing qualities in it, but that is only one small aspect Okay, so mm. I'm not gonna get into all the other limbs, but Pilates is an exercise based movement um, It was created by Joseph Pilates during World War two a lot of the these uh, soldiers were getting injured and he created a system while soldiers were laying in their hospital beds with different pulleys and things so that these soldiers could actually heal their bodies with different movements. So that was the birth of Pilates, um, with different apparatus and things like that. So that's where that came from, but it's also to strengthen the core and align the muscles and, you know, working with the breath. So we've got something from world war two, and then we've got something, you know, from before Christ
1: oh my gosh i I did not know that that was very that's very informative because
0: yeah they're very very different yeah
1: because i I guess i had the misconception of it they're they were the same thing or kind of the same thing just different names
0: right not if you truly i call myself a yogi so or yogini so i if you look at the real practice of yoga it's a way of life
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because it involves with you know Different spiritual beliefs as well as, you know, non-harming not harming anything living in compassion while the same principles of Christianity and most other faiths, you know, so but that's the root of of yoga Um, Yeah, and the asana is just one small tiny little Practice
1: and what what made you decide to like get into yoga and all that other Because you're an instructor from what I understand I'm sorry? You're an instructor in both of those? I am.
0: Okay. I am. And so I, from being a competitive gymnast, uh, my spine is actually bent pretty severely. And so I live with chronic pain. But one thing that keeps me upright Mm -hmm. and strong is yoga and keeping my core strong. So that was, I started practicing yoga right after college and then just kind of did it for years just for my own well-being and then decided you know i really i actually became an instructor because i was drawn to the spiritual aspect of it um and i had a yoga studio for a while too and i just you know i really loved teaching the principles um because i'm classically trained in yoga you know i I taught all eight limbs not just the asana so yeah
1: eight limbs okay i didn't know i didn't know any of that because look
0: it up there's a really great book called pantanjali's okay um um Oh my goodness! I just forgot it. Patanjali is the the author. He he wrote all the what the Yoga Sutras. That's it, the Yoga Sutras. Um, but that will give you a better understanding of
1: yoga. Yeah, I didn't know there was a yoga whole means union. a whole union. background to this and a story to all, how, how this all came to be, and you know that's, yeah. I, I never thought the of it creation. that way. I just thought of it like okay. a recreational, different type of exercise. That really helps with, and,
0: the... and you know, and that's what how I think a lot of people are. They do view it that way, and that's wonderful. It's wonderful that people are getting the benefits of both practices. But if you look at both of their origins, it's rooted in a lot bigger cause. You know, even what Joseph Pilates did for, um, you know, the people in the hospital and helping the soldiers regain mobility and the ability to walk. You know, this is before we have you know, modern uh, medical expertise that we have now.
1: It's more, it's more, what is it? I forget the word. Uh, Holistic kind of, right? Is that, it's, it's Mm -hmm. more of a just, just finding a way of, of, you know, not having to do surgery or, uh, you know, just, trying to do it without having a necessarily a doctor or someone you know fixing something cuz I, I feel like uh, like whenever you do it it feels like you my body just feels less tense i guess like i don't i don't have that pressure or that pain i don't know i think it's interesting. Do you
0: have physical pain
1: well i've uh yes once like especially in my knees i used to have it a lot and then it's, it stopped when I started doing it. And now I just do like uh, hanging exercises. So I'll, I'll just hang. and then that, that It feels like my whole body is just stretches out. And then I do that for 30 seconds. Then I take 15 seconds. Then uh, I do that like four or five times. And that helps with any... I don't have any pain at all.
0: Okay, so you're creating a sense of traction uh-huh. by hanging. Yeah. But I would recommend... That's wonderful that that gives you relief, but I would recommend strengthening the muscles around your spine or around the, you know, if it's a knee issue, then strengthening the muscles above and below the joint so that, you know, preventatively it's not going to get any worse. Because if you're just hanging, that may, it's like putting a Band-Aid on something, you're not actually getting to the root cause of it and then healing it.
1: Well, well I I've, I've re- I've run a lot, so that's the issue that I have. Is that okay. Running is really that's a strenuous thing. Yeah, it's always t- – and then, you know, I – that's mostly what it's the problem is. And, it, it, you know, I try to shorten the distances. I try to figure something out where I don't, you know, end up hurting myself.
0: What are you running for? Are you running for just I've, exercise or – Just
1: exercise is the only thing I really – enjoy. I guess not enjoy but the only really like i don't lift weights i don't to do, do anything else except running sometimes i do like okay. uh, calisthenics or something just to mix it up okay. but mostly yeah. running
0: do you, you enjoy run- enjoy yes. running that's unusual most people are like i don't don't make me run
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so that's that's great i would recommend do what you're doing like if your knees are bothering you then maybe do intervals mm. so shorter like walk run walk run as opposed to just steady state just going out and like how far are you running
1: uh anywhere from 5 to 10 miles
0: oh yeah okay so you're a runner
1: yeah but i don't um, i don't i don't get into I have friends that run 20 50 100 i'm aerosol. like i'm I, i'm don't i'm not interested in running distances that don't sound like sounds like you're running from city to city so i just avoid those
0: okay well a 10 mile run is a decent run that's almost a half marathon Mm
1: -hmm. yes but i try to shorten them okay keep them because i feel like you get so much impact especially if you can't don't run on like different surfaces really change the way you you feel i think it more like kind of sand is so much better than, you know, running on concrete than, you know, I feel like there's major differences in that.
0: Sand is pretty hard. Sand is pretty intense to run on.
1: I like the sand better because I feel like it's, well, it's pushing me back, but it's also, I feel like it's not hurting as much. It is more uh, intense, I would say.
0: Absolutely. It's much more challenging for your body. You know, anytime you're running on any kind of uneven surface, then they, there's different biomechanics that are required. So it's, you know, it's definitely more conditioning for your body, your feet, your ankles, your stability.
1: Okay. I also want to talk about nutrition with you because I, but what, what, do, what are your thoughts on nutrition? Like, what do you think? I mean, there's so much stuff out there. There's paleo, there's, you know, this and that and you know vegetarian and a vegan and you know what what are your thoughts on that your opinion or... so
0: my beginning of my nutrition training I actually started was rooted in yoga <laughs> because along with the practice of yoga uh, there's a practice of ayurveda ayurveda is one of the oldest forms of medicine and so in ayurveda they use herbs and plants and everything is food to heal the body. Okay. So that's the first natural form of medicine. Okay. And so my root nutrition comes from Ayurveda. And so a lot of my beliefs, when you say that that's such a broad thing, I believe that it's important that people find what's, what works for them. Okay. So I, you know, if someone comes to me and they say, I want to be completely vegan, that's completely fine, but I want to make sure that they're getting the, the macros and the, the nutrients, the phytonutrients that their bodies require, okay, because it's, it's very hard to get everything that we need if you're only eating a limited, you know, if you're cutting certain things out, then, you know, then we have to be really careful. Um, but so my, my opinion is to eat as close to the earth as possible and to really try to use Mother Nature to heal your body because the body speaks to us all the time. It's but we have to learn to listen right? And so just like you said, you found that when you were doing yoga, you felt better. You didn't feel pain or stress, right? So that's telling you that it's working. And I think it's the same thing with our nutrition. I think that it's important to really try to eliminate processed foods because with industrialization came, you know, the microwave and then fast foods and things like that. And while it really helped change society and help, you know, when women entered the workforce, but it it also created this whole cycle of eating on the go and eating really unhealthily, unhealthily. And so food manufacturers now produce foods that aren't really food. You know, they're just they're they're chemicals, there's genetically modified organisms, there's all kinds of things in our food that are not helping our bodies. Our bodies want to heal all the time. So my opinion is find what works for you. If you want to go paleo, Go paleo, you know? Um what I eat, I have a I kind of go I mean, I, I just ate before we we talked. I had a chicken burger, an organic chicken burger, avocado, and a little bit of salsa and some broccoli sprouts. So, like I eat a lot of vegetables. Um but, you know, in that is my protein, my fat, and and my my vitamins and minerals, you know? Um so I think that you know there's so many different fads it gets really confusing because people are like I'm going to do this I'm going to do that I'm going to do this the underlying question is what's your motivation and what's your goal are you looking for weight loss because 75 to 80 percent of the population is trying to lose weight and if that's the case then let's look at what you're actually eating to, that causes you to gain that weight um, and I'm a big proponent of cellular cleansing I was introduced to this system about three years ago and it's changed my life Change my practice, so it's getting rid of toxicity on a cellular level that then allows the body to get restored. You know, um, and so I think that it's it's really just what are the goals of the individual and what's the right way to eat for that person's body. You know, and I recently just aligned with another company, and I can do I actually have their brochure, but I can now do um, like DNA testing from a saliva swab of my clients that and I can find out what their body actually requires to lose weight, what's going to help them, you know, step stay, stay off diseases, what's going to prevent them from getting, you know, what's in line down the road if they aren't healthy. So there's a lot, you know, that I can do with that genetic testing now, which is pretty amazing. So these are they're broad questions, you know, when it comes to diet and exercise, it's what feels good to you? What works?
1: You know? Yeah, that's I think that's true because I don't know. I tried vegetarian for a while and I just I just I just I felt sick all the time. Really? Yeah, cause I don't know maybe cause I was always eating meat like that was my thing. Just eat meat, eat meat, eat meat. And I also had the I also thought you know all right if you're gonna lose weight it's calories in calories out. That was my basic you know idea of what I understood because I okay. never. Thought about, you know, there it being much more complex than that Okay, I, I like to keep well, things simple calories
0: calories out is tr- True, but what quality of calories are you putting in?
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: if you're putting in, you know Bad things the quality of your cells are not going to be good. The output is going to be zero You know so that that is a true statement. Yes, but it's quality and source What's the source of your food? Where's it coming from? And how is it getting to you? Those are two huge components, you know? If I'm getting something that's made in China that's been sprayed with all kinds of toxins and I put that in my body, it might say, it might be green tea. Green tea is great, right? But it not if the source that it's coming from is contaminated.
1: What, what, what do you think about all the sugar process stuff and everything that, you know, as a society, we, we, we now just accept that everyone eats, mostly everybody. And that it, it's, I guess it's difficult for people to transition to finding other sources, uh, natural sources or organic or whatever you uh, growing your own uh, garden or something. What do you think about all the,
0: well, I would say that that's probably one of the biggest challenges for most of my clients, and 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 myself included. I go through phases where sugar is very prevalent mm. in my in life, and then I have to cut it out. So I think that food manufacturers are wise. I think that um, you know they put artificial sweeteners to make things super sweet to our taste buds, that so that we then get addicted to that. And I think that once it's introduced to into our bodies becomes like this, you know, it's like an addiction. Basically, mm. the body wants more. You know, it's like having to eat something, even though you know it's not good for you. But it's a habit, right? You just have to keep having it because it tastes good. And now I'm addicted to this taste. So there's that's a again a multi layered um, question. Um, I think that the way to eliminate it, and and I don't think that processed food and sugary foods should be in our diet. I think that they're hazardous of course, okay? But it's a way of life, right? No one's gonna be perfect all the time, we're human, right? So I think it's a matter of not not allowing it to become habitual and then recognizing when it is and then doing a detox to get off of it. Um, I myself just did a two day cleanse last week and so like I'm feeling awesome now because I've kind of reset my body. Um, And so that's something that I think is important and it's a solution. Right, because no one's going to live perfectly and eat perfectly every day. It's just not going to happen. But I think that the more we can get away from it, you know, um, the better that we'll, we'll be. But the brain needs sugar, right? Mm-hmm. But you can get all the sugar that you require from your fruits and vegetables. We don't need to eat a candy bar ever, you know.
1: But it's so delicious. That's the problem. I really that's like the issue I I have with sugar is like there's so many delicious stuff from tiramisu to cakes to this and that and it's hard to and then you know I don't like pastries as much as most people but you know people love pastries and I'm more of an ice cream person so it's hard and there's all different types of ice creams that you know you have this ice cream that's worse for you and this and that and it's very hard to figure out what what type of ice cream to get. I think it's the choices and the options, the variety that you get. I mean, if you talk about vegetables, I mean, like there's maybe six to eight vegetables that like I would like to eat or at least enjoy it. But then there's like a hundred different ice creams that I would love to have. So I think that's, I think more variety would be a good thing.
0: Yeah. So like, and, and food manufacturers know this, right? Mm -hmm. So they create all of this stuff, shelves and shelves and shelves full of it. And then parents give it to their kids. You know, like he's a child, like it's okay. He should have this when he's little. And I, I, when a parent says that to me or I hear that, I'm like, I challenge it because it's wrong. I I just don't think that that should be the way that just because they're a kid that you can have this, but Mm yeah, you gotta pick your poison. You know, it's like, I think it's okay to have it every once in a while. But I think if it's something that you're having weekly, daily, then it's gonna it's gonna show up later. You know, it's a great saying that like what we eat in private shows up in public. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> you can't get away, you can't run from your fork, you can't out exercise your diet. You know, what we put in our bodies is creating ourselves. Our food is everything. It mm-hmm. has to do with our brain health, our mental clarity. How our bodies function, elimination—you know—all of those things, you know, are come down to what we put in our bodies.
1: And what do you think about all these? Like you were talking about uh, kids—you know, schools and nutrition in schools. Because I feel that you know it hasn't really—I mean, some areas have really good, I guess, uh, nutrition, nutritional diets for their students. You know, how do you think Mm -hmm. we can? kind of like uh, transition to uh, you know having more, not more options but you know uh, towards better nutrition first you know elementary middle school high school and even college because there's a lot of stuff
0: i think it's taking personal responsibility mm-hmm. i think it's you know parents making sure that their kids have a healthy lunch and not relying on the schools although because when it comes when you're, you're handing over anything to another authority it's going to mm-hmm. come down to money I mean that's our our entire our world is run on that right yeah. so whether it's food manufacturers everything comes down to money and so I think it's taking personal responsibility for you for your child's health and to make sure that they have the adequate nutrition we can rally all we want to get you know processed foods and junk foods out of the school but there still has to be a sense of personal responsibility you know give your kid an apple or some grapes and so I was that kid you know, that I brought my lunchbox and I had homemade yogurt <laughs> that my mom literally made with the strawberries from our garden yeah. and I got picked on. But you know what? I mean, it's interesting to look back. I'm like, cause I grew up on a farm in South Carolina and we grew a lot of our our food and I didn't know any different. Mm. You know, I was a kid with the natural peanut butter that was like, then... before natural peanut butter was even known. I was like, why is this, you know, I'm like crunching it and, you know. My friends was, had like, you know, jiff or whatever. that's all sugar, you know, uh-huh. sweetened, with, you know, corn syrup. And yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I was that kid.
1: <laughs> the, the one with the lunchbox. I used, uh, those, <laughs> that's hilarious. It's,
0: it's interesting. You know, that now this is what I do, you know. Yes. But my mom planted that seed a long time ago. She, she and my father, they wanted to live off the earth. They saw the importance of having a garden. You know, so, and now it seems like you know I've been doing this for a long time. A lot of people, and this is where paleo is, right? A lot of people are now coming back to that farm-to-table mm-hmm. idea, you know, um, and realizing that that's what we—that's the way that we need to eat. Nature gives us everything that we require. We don't need processed foods.
1: And so, it's just the
0: way. get get it. I'm sorry.
1: To like uh. there's
0: a lot of people here on this planet so there's you know processed foods feeds a lot more people than growing i mean that's the issue is our population and our size
1: but wouldn't it i guess wouldn't it be better for everyone to try to grow or if they're capable of growing their own stuff is that
0: yeah that would be wonderful you can have an indoor garden you can grow have a garden on your deck you know yeah Grow some tomatoes and some cucumbers and some spinach.
1: Interesting. I never thought of that. You know? Like I was always, you know, gardening seems difficult. The I don't know what the process is.
0: You can things in like a little pot on your deck. Uh-huh. You
1: know,
0: Make your herbs. Make your own tea. How
1: yeah, about people you know? grow flowers and stuff, and you know they don't grow their own food, which I find very interesting. What do you think about, like, the meat industry and stuff like that? Do you, does that... Because it's more...
0: What do I, like, the meat industry, be mindful. You know, eat meat that is not injected with hormones or antibiotics. Um, I tell my clients, you know, if I'm coaching them with nutrition and they're paying me money, eat organic. Don't, um, don't eat a meat that's, you know... I don't want to use any brands but that hasn't been um verified because you just don't know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. These uh, chickens are raised in, you know, places that are just not humane and then they're often what if a chicken has cancer? What if a chicken has a disease? And they're treating the disease, but with giving it drugs and then we eat that.
1: And so yeah.
0: again be really mindful with everything, you know, but meat, especially and if you have a local butcher or farmer that you trust and you can get your meat from them, go there, get your eggs from someone who has chickens, you know, seek out people in your area that you can buy from trusted sources.
1: And what should people look for when they, you know, cause for most of my life I ate eggs and I didn't know that they were actually supposed to be orange or whatever color that is. I was eating the white ones with the whatever, and then I found out that wasn't, uh, like that's not how they naturally look when they, that, that these are, they, they put hormones into these chickens, and so you're eating the, the hormones. And then I found out that, oh, this type of egg is a free-range egg, and I was, what should people look for when they're looking at meat and and uh, other well, products?
0: again, you want to make sure that the, there's no, um, no antibiotics that it's farm raised. Mm. I mean, um, cage free for, you know, chickens and things like that. Um, and, and pretty and fresh, you know what I mean? Like find a butcher that, you know, they know when they're going to have their cattle, (laughs) you know, um, killed and then get it fresh and freeze it, you know, try to stay away from anything that's been injected with any kind of hormone.
1: interesting so so enough of the dieting because i get all like antsy about it i'm like should i eat that should i I not eat that (laughs) it's a questioning of whether you should or should not eat something or is is this the right do you know finding a balance i guess
0: but and it's interesting too and i'll just say this brandon because like doing an interview like this you know we can talk very generally mm -hmm. or we could talk very specific about you you know what I mean? And so oftentimes when I sit down with people it's very specific to them. You know, and that's what, what coaching is, is really getting honed in on a person's individual needs. You know, because my opinion is just my opinion. I I'm schooled, but when it comes down to it, if if I'm telling someone to do something that isn't in line with alignment with them, it's just not gonna work.
1: But I, I think people just want to know things, you know. naturally curious they don't necessarily want to go straight to a wellness coach or straight to you know someone uh you know they don't just want to go someone they want to hear someone's opinion on this and they want to hear other sides of oh this is what i think you should probably try this if this doesn't work for you maybe this they like hearing the options and hearing your thoughts and ideas because it's it's very interesting to hear you know someone explain dieting tips or explain that this is Good. and when you're when you can talk in a long form like we can we've been here for what 30 minutes and we've covered a few topics and we haven't really gone in depth in them but people want to know more and they listen in and try to figure out oh, okay what what does she mean by that Is, okay let me try that all right and they like to hear these things because they don't want to necessarily go to you and meet you first because there there's there's some type of anxiety to to that yeah. i think
0: Say this that anybody on the, that listens to your podcast. I mean, I'm very generous with my time, and I always offer a free consultation. Mm-hmm. So a free 15 minute consultation. If anybody has questions and they just want to say, "Hey, this is my deal. This is what I'm struggling with. What do you think?" I'm happy to open that door.
1: You that's know? great. That's I think that's the the greatest thing you can give to a person is your time. It's one absolutely, of the, you know, absolutely.
0: And I and I've always designed my entire business on the fact that I like, I never want anyone's health to be limited to their funding so if mm-hmm. someone has an issue with you know money and you know and I never want I, I work on a sliding scale that's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say is I always try to fit the needs of people um, because I just you know I wouldn't want anyone to turn me away if I needed help so yeah,
1: yeah I feel like lots of people have been uh, turned down or denied that you know, they can't have access to this or that. So I feel that, you know, you giving information out for, for free uh, is uh, such a great thing because, you know, um, most, now everything's on the web and you get everything through that.
0: Freezing a little bit.
1: Just didn't, can you hear me? have to, oh, there you go. Okay, hold on um, fire. Okay. You, when I say fire, then you say, uh, water. yeah, yeah. water. Okay. There we go. Fire. Yeah. Water. Okay. okay. It's a like a three second delay. That's why we're talking over each other. So, not okay. okay. One more time. Fire. Water. That's really a uh, delay, but okay, we can work with this. So, did you hear what I said earlier? I was talking about how people just really want advice, and they want to be able to access it from you know online or wherever they can get their information because that's where most information is now. I mean it's such a great thing but we also like to hear you know I would call you an expert but you know an expert at something that you understand much more than uh, the average person that does not really research or doesn't really know what what dieting and nutrition they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they like to hear what, what what is paleo? What is this? What is that? You know, and then th- there's also specific things for them that they might actually uh, incorporate into their own lives.
0: Absolutely. And I think like any, anyone, it's an evolution. You know, you might try something for six months, three months and say, this is really working. This part I don't really like. And that's what I do. I do that all the time, you know, with my own, with my the way that I train my body, the way that I that I eat, you know, last year I did six months of a ketogenic diet, which is a
1: ketogenicity. that?
0: Yeah, have you ever heard of it? So no. it's eliminating all. You have to eat less than fifty grams of carbohydrates per day, okay. and so it's actually it takes about six weeks for your brain. You actually the brain converts from burning sugar into only metabolizing fat for fuel. So it's quite scientific. I was checking my blood every day, like pricking my finger, making sure that I was in the right ranges. It was really intense, and I did it for six months as an experiment on myself because I had read some um, some information about how a ketogenic diet can help you. Like if you're doing a say an ultra marathon, mm-hmm. you don't have to eat during that time because your body becomes efficient to just live off the fat as opposed to stopping and having to refuel. Obviously, you have to hydrate and things like that. But I, you know, during an ultra marathon, most athletes have to stop and refuel and take in calories to continue, to you know, continue the race. And so, that was not my experience. My experience in those six months that my body really didn't like it. I had what they call the ketogenic flu, for about three months. I just didn't feel good. And I, although I wanted it to work, and I stayed an additional three months, you know, just kind of torturing myself, and it wasn't fun to eat that way like 80 percent of my diet was fat and so that's and it's not a whole lot of fun to just eating fat you know I would put coconut oil in my in my water coconut oil in my tea um I was eating you know bacon and just fat and there's just no joy in that not for me <laughs> and even I had, to, I had to monitor my vegetable intake my I had to you know be really careful about my broccoli you know like uh-huh. It just wasn't fun, but I did it, you know. So I think that, like, that's a whole nother way. My point is, like, do find what works for you, mm-hmm. you know. Because there's so many different things, but I think the the key, though, are eating clean, cl- you know, organic food.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And organic, I mean, that c- grows on the earth. Because sometimes the stamp of being organic m- may not be that great either, huh. you know. You want to look for that for your vegetables and things like that, but sometimes that's not just, you know, all that's needed.
1: So. I've never, is that a new, new fab or whatever you call it, ketogenic diet? Because I've never heard ketogenic?
0: of it. Ketogenic? If you look it up, you can Google it, but um, it's probably, I don't know, three to five years or so.
1: Oh, okay. That's, so now, you
0: okay. know, ultra marathoners. Um, live keto lives. I mean, there's a ton of recipes out there, you know, cause your body literally going through that phase of you talk about sugar cravings. When you're eliminating that much sugar out of your diet, mm-hmm. you, know, you can get wonky. You can get a little lightheaded. Lots of things happen because you're, you're changing your brain from using carbohydrates to now like it has to metabolize fat. It's a whole new chemistry. So, and most people I would say aren't going to be disciplined to prick their finger every day and check their levels and make sure, you know, and, and, and have to watch literally every single thing that I ate.
1: So. What do you think about like fasting and intermediate fasting and all those different types? Of... I love
0: it. Yeah, that's what my cleanse that I did last week is two days of intermittent fasting. I use a system, the nutritional cleansing system, where Although I'm not eating food, my body is given nutrients through a supplementation <laughs> um, throughout the day. So um, my body isn't digesting, but I'm getting all the benefits of the intermittent fasting. So, and my cells are being cleansed at the same time. So, lots of boost in human growth hormone, you know, so many things, so many things
1: what what do you think the biggest problem is with you know people changing their diets like cuz of course they're, most people are addicted to sugar or or uh, you know some some other things so how do you how do you transition someone from one diet to a, a totally new diet
0: it's done gradually mm-hmm. and remember at the beginning of the conversation i said mindset it's really about helping people get into the mindset and then holding them accountable to their own goals. And so if you're, a lot of it can come from our family because families create an environment around food. Some families eat all the time. Some families punish people for eating. And so it's, what are your beliefs about food? Therefore, what are your emotions around food? Because the emotional tie that's what drives every human being, is are our, our emotions. Every decision, I don't care what you think, is it's, it's it, every decision we make is tied to an emotion. I go to that sugary cake because it's instant gratification, but probably because I'm not feeling so great about myself. It's tied to some kind of emotion, All right? So how I get people to change is with compassion, <laughs> <laughs> and and. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I, I can be a hard coach, I have to say. Sometimes I'm a little – I'm working on being a little bit more gentle. But, you know, um, it's it's finding what, what really um, is holding someone back, right, to that belief system around food.
1: Okay. And I was – so you, are you used to working with people who eat uh, – A lot or people who eat, like, uh, very little. Because I've had that issue where, you know, I, I knew someone that ate, didn't eat at all. Like, would eat, like, maybe one thing throughout the day, an apple. Say, an apple. Or, you know, at one point, they were bulimic. They were puking everything out and not eating. And I was like, okay, why don't you, like, I would put, I would say, hey, eat this. You'll feel better once you eat more. Start, like, slowly doing it. I don't know how you handle that, actually. So how, how would you yeah. handle yeah. it?
0: So in my profession, if I'm interviewing someone or, you know, talking to someone and there's a obvious signs of uh, an eating disorder, mm-hmm. then I can refer them. I have agencies that I work with, so I can refer them if it's something that's out of my scope of practice. Um, I have worked with anorexics and bulimics, I've been brought in by families to help, you know, help a child, a teenager, you know, um, and I and I I educate I educate about the importance of nutrition, you know. I've gone through pantries and said, okay, this is not a safe food, but it's it's a it's a information gathering process to find out what the triggers are. But I'm not a psychiatrist, you know what I mean? I'm not <clears> a therapist. Oftentimes, it's referring to find out because it's a it's a that's a disease. Quite honestly. And it needs to be addressed by professionals who understand um, the psyche behind it, you know, the psychological effects around that. So um, again, it's tied to our, our, our identities, our emotions, things like that. So it's the same thing with someone who overeats and you know, they're probably searching for, you know, to feel better and food is their drug of choice. Right? So it's it's really about what's the gentle way of, of finding out what's making that person overeat, and then getting to that root cause. You know, and if we can heal that root cause, then the overeating is going to drop away because they're going to feel whole within themselves. And it's the same thing. The person starving themselves, they probably don't feel worthy or loved.
1: What what are like the dangers of you know, uh, not not. not... But, uh, you know, just not getting enough nutrition because, you know, we, you know, you're supposed to have uh, vitamins, especially vitamins. I'm very supplements and stuff, anything like that, I feel like I just don't know enough or, you know, maybe I just don't know what I'm looking for. So how does someone, you know, find out what they need? I mean, there's always a chart or something. I used to follow the pyramid chart and then I was like, that's not real, is it? And then I found out that's not uh, what you're it's supposed to. It's not accurate. Out. Yeah,
0: it's really not accurate. Um, I mean, there are guidelines. You know, you want to make sure you have balanced macronutrients and mm-hmm. micronutrients. Macronutrients being your your proteins, your fats, your carbs, and your micronutrients being your vitamins and minerals. Okay, so there's a guideline. Um, with the effects of not eating, um, was that your question? Yes. Like
1: the dangers okay. of not having those the dangers, nutrients
0: quite honestly so what happens if someone is not eating are you talking about like an anorexic or just someone who isn't getting what they require yeah,
1: nutrition yeah basically someone who's not getting the nutrition they need so say okay. someone who just eats one thing that doesn't they never change their diet from that and they're not getting all these okay. other nutrients they need
0: so, typically things are going to start to show up over time um, it could be a simple thing like, oh, my my joints ache, right? Um, so there could be an inflammatory response. The body is going to eventually say, hey, there's a problem. Um, you know, now, right now, in I know every medical doctor now tests for vitamin D levels. Well, you know, 20 years ago, we weren't testing for vitamin D. Now everybody is deficient in vitamin D because mm-hmm. we're just not getting outside very much. And so things are going to start to show up. So we're going to develop... You know, disease, um, diabetes, heart disease, obesity. I mean, these are things that, like, like I said, you can't what you eat in private, you wear in public. So if you're not giving your body what it requires, the body's gonna pull nutrients from your organs. It's gonna pull what it needs to from it, what it has, and then if that's not enough, it's gonna start continue to break down. Mm-hmm. Right. So even dehydration. By not drinking enough water every day and this is something that I, I think that's a big issue my yes all the time dehydration is so important our bodies are 70 to 75 percent water and if you're not giving yourself at least the minimum of 64 ounces a day you're gonna start to develop some issues and it's, and it's on a cellular level so that eight eight ounce that they recommend eight glasses eight eight, eight ounce glasses is the minimum that we should be drinking I have most of my clients drink a gallon of water a day. Mm -hmm. People are like, a gallon? I'm like, no, then your cells are hydrated. You're going to eliminate what you don't need. Um, Hydration is huge. You know, so (sighs) lots of bad things start to happen if you Mm -hmm. don't nourish yourself properly. Again, going back to what I said previously is nutrition is the foundation of our our health, you know, of everything. How our bodies function. What are you putting in?
1: For the longest time, I didn't know that, you know, water was such an important thing. I knew you had to drink water, but I didn't know how much, you know. For a long time, I only drank like maybe like uh, 12 ounces a day. So then you, I guess I, I I naturally knew that my body wasn't feeling good because I didn't drink enough water. So I started, you know, 24, two to uh, you know 24 ounces of water and then i was like okay is this like if i felt better Uh, what do you think about like have you worked with like athletes that do like weight cutting and uh you know how do you help them through that process of weight cutting because i think that's a big issue especially with sports
0: well in i mean weight cutting is typically wrestling and boxing Hmm. you know um i don't work with a lot of those athletes I I would advise them to do it in a safe way, not the way that it was done 40 years ago. Um, I had a cousin who was a wrestler, and he used to starve himself and do insane things, um, dehydrate. I think that there are better ways, safer ways to do it. The nutritional line that I utilize, personally, I would probably have them use that and lean out in a safe way, intermittent fasting, things like that, as opposed to starvation and overexertion you know, even dehydration, you're, you're, you're lacking electrolytes, all these things that really the, the brain needs, mm-hmm. even sodium. You can die if you don't have enough sodium. You can go into cardiac arrest. And so drastic measures, you know, um, maybe it's not going to happen all the time, but you'll hear stories where someone is, you know, may die or get really sick from that. So um, I would say work with a coach who knows what they're doing and do it in a safe way that doesn't have to be so brutal on the body. And that carries over to even like bodybuilding, Mm -hmm. Um, bodybuilding and leaning out for shows and things like that. 20 years ago was, you know, way different than it is now. Um, In my eyes, I, you know, the old school way was torturous and now there's a simpler, easier, softer way to do that.
1: And like, is there a point where, you know, there you know bodybuilding is one of those ones i find very interesting because i feel like it's kind of not not necessarily a disease i feel like there it is kind of like kind of like a disease where they are just obsessed with you know trying to get stronger faster and uh what, what, whatever and like isn't does is, at, at some point isn't there like diminishing returns on like you trying to get bigger and stronger and where your body just is going to collapse or is that or can you just keep doing that?
0: If they're, if they're doing it properly, mm-hmm. then yeah. But most competitors, if it's someone who's competing, they don't stay at competition, you know, body fat percentages year-round. They only do that for the three to six months, and then they go back up to a normal, healthy body fat percentage. Um, otherwise, it's going to start to tax the heart. It's going to start to tax the body. Um, And plus, it's just not fun to starve. So, um, you know, prepping for a show can be very, very intense, and you're hungry often. I've done it. So it's um, if it's done safely, then, you know, but you're not going to stay that way year-round. But some extremes, you know, can can really do a lot of damage, you know. Um, And then you take into factor a lot of people are using highly processed, Um, supplementation so maybe they're not using steroids but they might be using a a whole combination of things that there's no testing done on them and they're just loading themselves with supplementation I see it all the time guys and I don't know what they're drinking I don't even want to you know I'm scared to ask because it could just be this combination of just like toxic garbage going into their body um, it's, it's you know there's no um. There's no regulation mm-hmm. on any of those those kind of products, so I know I'm kind of going off, but um.
1: Yeah, I find those. F- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always find that you know, try this protein, try that protein, try this, you know. Then you know, uh, you know, if someone's on, you know, t- t- uh, testosterone replacement therapy. I'm like, what is that, you know like okay so that brings up your testosterone up and it gives you these benefits of being stronger but then doesn't that me- like i always like uh, questioned like doesn't that mess up your system when it comes back naturally instead of you know you know it, you're you're messing with your body with all these supplements and i don't know what's in these supplements and you know and they have such fancy names you know like extreme this extreme that or you know i just um i'm like i don't know if i want to take that you know again
0: I would I would recommend go to a trusted source Mm -hmm. you know use a company that tests and regulates their products I have a line that I work with and nothing is unsafe because it's all food based you know even our sports nutrition line is is you know our amino acids are clean and safe they're not going to give you any kind of crazy head rush or anything like that there's no like caffeine or stimulants or any of this stuff that, that you know can cause damage
1: Oh, there's one last thing I want to talk about is coffee. Okay. 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 Okay, what do you, like, just give me, like, the coffee. If I drink coffee, is that a bad thing? Like, is it?
0: So, caffeine in and of itself, they're great. There are many benefits for it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Looking at how much you're drinking, one to two cups a day is totally fine. And, again, I'm going to bring it right back to what I've said about everything. Check its source. Most store-bought coffees are full of mold, which is a mycotoxin. And so if you're buying a Dunkin' Donuts – well, I shouldn't probably say that – but if you're buying a, a name-brand coffee, wherever, has it been sitting in a warehouse for two years collecting mold in the heat. So mycotoxin-free coffee is very acidic, so try to find one that's alkaline
1: alkali okay and all these you know finding these uh, natural coffees and I, I found this one it's, I forget what was called bulletproof coffee it like has I forget, I forget what it, it said but it has like uh, certain things that they take out and that it's much better for you and you don't get the as bad of a you know uh, when you drink a lot of coffee because I used to drink a lot of coffee and it would be like I would just crash at the end of the day and just wouldn't know what's going on.
0: Right. So again, one of, I mean, the company that I use, we have our own coffee. It's got green tea and coconut oil in it, infused in it. And so it just, it's naturally healthy. It's got those antioxidants. Coconut oil is a medium chain triglyceride. So it's just great for our intact our bodies, arteries, everything. Um, And you also want to look like, we have another product. If you're drinking a ton of coffee for energy, like, to study or stay up late, you don't want the caffeine, like, high and then crash like you just said. So there's something called adaptogenic herbs that can Mm -hmm. be taken with a little bit of caffeine. It gives you mental clarity, and you won't get the crash. So um, we should really talk after, and I can give you some information. So there's a lot of the things that you're bringing up I think that you could probably benefit from. um, Okay. And the same thing for your for your listeners too. I'm I'm happy to share that. I'm not trying to sell anything right now, um, but you know, I aligned with this company for a reason. Okay. So, all
1: right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, this was like very informative for me. Hopefully, you got something out of this too. Uh, and I'll see you next time when I forget who our next guest is. But thank you for listening and uh be back in a week. Bye.